Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC live here on ESPN+. Plus. I'm Dan Thomas, joined by Ali Moreno and birthday boy Stevie oh. Nichol is here. Oh. Happy birthday, Stevie. Happy Thank birthday, Stevie. There you go. Okay. I wonder you were kind of quiet. <laughs> I was going to get away with it. Uh, no, Stevie, no. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. Well done. Fantastic. You made it. Yeah, I made it so far. You owe me a fiver, Ali. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of doubt. Uh, there, there were no games today for you to celebrate your birthday with, Stevie. It was a weird old day. Uh, a reminder, we've just got four teams left that will play on Tuesday and Wednesday. It will, of course, be France against Morocco, Argentina against Croatia. According to the bookies, Argentina second at favourites and this will be our focus as you take a look at some of the uh, newspapers back in Argentina as they of course knock the Netherlands out on a penalty. So more on this, let's welcome in shall we. Shaka Hislop is with us and the one, the only, Pablo Zabaleta hey, hey. as well. Pablo, there's so much I want to talk to you about. I want to start with your reaction when the Dutch pulled off that free kick to make it 2-2 with the last kick of the game. What were you like? I, I couldn't believe it, Dan. I mean, uh, I was at the stadium, uh, I was doing the game, and uh, I swear to God, I just, uh, I thought, why would do a foul just, you know, very close to our goal, just outside of the 18-yard uh, box? We don't need to do that, but, uh, you know, it was just last shot for uh, Netherlands, and they did incredible goal. I mean, uh, well done for the player, because you, have, you need a, a very cold mind to do this, uh, you know, at that moment. Uh, but believe me, I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow, that's going to be really hard now in extra time because uh, Nelson were playing well in the last 10 minutes, just putting ball into the area, into the you know, crosses, and we were struggling to defend that play and, and long ball from Netherlands. So, But at the end, we, uh, we managed to... <laughs> to play well and, and, and to win on, on penalties. So, uh, you know, that was uh, really good uh, at the end of the day. It was, you know, when you win after, like, after uh, that result of 2-2 in the last minutes, the celebration is a lot better. Yeah, yeah, but goodness me, what an emotional roller coaster you're on. Stevie, it's the first time you've been here since that yeah. happened. It was so momentous that even Craig admitted that he liked it. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, it was exciting, though. I mean, I can't... I enjoyed the game, but I wouldn't say it was exciting. Yes. And I thought Argentina, absolutely, when they went 2-0 up, number one... Did you take the dog out at that stage? I did. 2-0. 2-0 for the ball. I was like, it's 2-0. They've absolutely... No question. They deserve to be 2-0 up. Right. And I couldn't see it. How was... How's Holland going to get a goal? Right. There's no way they were going to get a goal. But, of course... Good old-fashioned, get a couple of big guys up front. Um, yeah, smart play on the, on the free kick, but just incredible. And then I walked back in the house and it was extra time. I was like, what's going on here? <laughs> <laughs> 
natural. <laughs> <laughs> Top-notch analysis as always for me. It's well, then to, well, then I had to make sure I didn't get the results, so I had to go to the tape right. and then watch it from there. So I see. I still felt all the excitement and everything. Oh, oh, there you go. <laughs> Your technology. So was it VCR? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wind it back. Uh, Pablo, what's the feeling now? The, can, can you go all the way, I suppose, is the inevitable question? Well, of course, uh, we keep that momentum going, um, going into the semi-final in, uh, with confidence. Uh, when, when you win a game like that on penalties with all the motion and the tension, uh, obviously, is, is, is huge for, for the whole group, for the team. Uh, we have seen uh, an angry Messi in, 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 mm. in that game as well. Uh, some of the players uh, playing with huge personality as well. It was not an easy game, but of course, going into the semi-final against Croatia, nice. it won't be easy, another tough game. But of course, uh, I think the, the, the mentality is there for Argentina. I mean, uh, we, we look like a strong team, uh, uh, you know, Messi playing well. And, uh, and of course, uh, we are really, uh, really excited about that moment. But, uh, you know, calm down, still two more games to go of course uh, we want to be in the final but we have a, a big big game coming up now Shaka was it you that was telling me that um, Argentina is just like watching Atletico Madrid but with Messi <laughs> no that was not me Dan <laughs> you can put a lot on me but not that <laughs> I, I, I don't know how to respond to that I really don't they're not very I don't know they're not dynamic mm. no until he gets it yes and it's almost like a switch mm -hmm. because everybody else starts moving when he gets it. Right. So why can't they do it before he gets it? It doesn't. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. But it, it just tells you that it's it's all about him, you know. Unless he's involved in it, it seems like they're just happy to not make any mistakes until he gets it, and then bosh, everything starts opening up. When he goes through him, I used the term a couple of days ago. He gives the team clarity. And, and that's exactly what happens to Argentina. The ball goes to Messi. He's under pressure. He now then finds a pass or an angle that then creates everything else for everybody else and opens up the attack for Argentina. But this shouldn't be a surprise. This is how they won Copa America against Brazil. That it was tense. It was hard fought. It was stressful at times. That they had to go through Colombia and penalty kicks. That they had to be able to find a way to... To find just, quite, just small moments, small sequences where Lionel Messi has that, that different uh, level of talent than everybody else and then opens up everything else for Argentina. This wasn't a team that was going to come into this World Cup and was going to go on a back and forth with everybody else. They were not going to go in a, you know what, we'll attack you, you attack us sort of thing. No, it was going to be physical. And that's part of the reason as to why they had been successful in that there is balance to this group. They're tough to beat through the midfield. There is a standard of play that they have set defensively that now gives Lionel Messi and everybody else in that final third a platform from where they can create. But it still goes through Messi, and it's still all about Messi. I, th I think you'd have to be a little worried, though. For the, for the reason I went for a walk with a dog at 2-0, all the things that we're talking about as a team, and it's strong, and it's been solid defensively, and this and that, 
for that team to lose a two-goal lead in such a huge game, if I'm Croatia, I'm delighted. I know that there's a weakness there. Pablo, uh, the celebrations, of course, after the victory were quite something. Uh, some have said that Argentina lacked class in the way that they celebrated in the Dutch faces when that last penalty went in. Ah, <laughs> uh, come on. Uh, Dan, uh, listen, Bangal just kept talking uh, the day before the game about Messi that in 2014 he didn't touch the ball that when Argentina doesn't have the ball he's like playing with 10 men uh, then uh, some of the Netherlands players just bothering every single Argentina players when they went to take the penalties uh, the goalkeeper talking to Messi and penalties as well provoking I know that. And then what? There is only Argentina lack of respect. No, come on. It's just a, a, it's just a World Cup game with a lot of tension. And both teams been a bit of, uh, you know, fighting in the game, which is something that you will expect in, uh, in a quarterfinal of the World Cup. And then Argentina won. And OK, that, that picture for some people could be like a lack of, uh, uh, res- uh, you know, respect uh, to the opponent okay we can learn we can be better than that but at the end of the at the end of the day we need to understand there was a lot of tension between players from both sides in the game so uh, we we don't need to say anything uh, more about this situation you know Shaka, would, i'd like you to say more about the situation please <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, um, I'm, I'm still trying to, to digest everything that Pablo just said because I'm looking at it from the outside um, and, and it just seemed really odd to me as well how this game kind of took on a, a life of its own that, that I, I truly didn't, didn't expect. The game seemed to be playing out as, as, as most quarterfinals do. He did competition, given everything at stake, you understand that. And then Paredes did what he did. And all of a sudden, things just seem to things just seem to switch for for both teams. And then to, to the point, and and we we talk about little Messi and his role within this team, and how everybody else sees his role within this team as well. At two up, Argentina are absolutely cruising, and the Dutch have to do something to to shift momentum somewhat. And they decided to, to take it on in, in a physical way. The game become, became a lot more emotional um, and a, a lot more of a battle. And, and it worked for them because it got them, it got them back into, into the game. And while I am no body language expert, at 2-2, inevitably, the camera cuts to Lionel Messi. And he always seems to cut this deflated figure when things aren't going wonderfully well. It, the, the, the difference in how he looked for a 2-0 and a 2-2 was striking. But, but to that point, that's when I wanted to see angry Messi, let's call it. The Messi that emerged after the game. The, the player that would rally his troops and try to regain the kind of um, emotional advantage um, in, 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 in the contest. And, and while Argentina were, were again better better than the Dutch through, through all of extra time. I, I think that was more to do with the Dutch than Dutch kind of regressing than Argentina stepping their game up. And then you go on and, and you win in penalties and given everything, if you're sitting on the Argentinian side, you understand the reaction, you understand that outpouring of emotion. But for a neutral like me, you've just won a game on penalties and, and I, I just found the exchanges 
a little exaggerated probably is the best way I, I, I can phrase that. You've gone soft, Shaq. Oh, we knew, I knew you were going to pipe up. You've gone <laughs> soft, Shaq. Yeah. I yeah. mean, come, come on. on. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I, in fact, I like it. I like a little bit of tension. I like. You, you just lost the penalty. You, you, I like. You, I like tension just simmering and yes. bubbling just underneath the surface, right? And if you're gonna talk, and if you're gonna get on people's faces during the game, and if has this has been high ten, high, high tension and competitive, guess what? You're gonna get around Lautaro Martinez when he's about to take a penalty. Because you're trying to somehow get in his head. When he scores a penalty, what do you think the reaction is going to be? Of course. Yes, you're going to mock those guys. And you're going to get in their faces. Now, is it classy? Is it not classy? I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. I'm not here to be classy. I am here to advance in the competition. You guys go home. Thanks for coming. We appreciate what you brought to the, to the competition. See you guys later. I like angry Messi. I like bad boy Messi. I like Messi with an edge. I think Argentina has a better chance of winning this competition with bad boy Messi. With Messi with an edge. That guy will be engaged. And Messi engaged is better for Argentina and it's better for all of us. Shaq? I, I, no, I, I, I totally agree. I, I, I am in total agreement. My question, though, is where is that kind of emotional edge? And, and not just from Messi, from everybody in Argentina, at 2-1. we always been like this. I know. Where is it at 2-1? It's, it's fine Good to have that, that edge after you've won the penalty shootout. Where is, that, where is that edge? Where is that kind of um, wanting to take back the, the flow of the game at 2-1? Yeah, I, I just felt that Argentina, Messi included, Looked very deflated at 2-1, and, and th that's, when, that's when you needed the edge to, to maintain up. that 2-1 lead. It's one, it's one thing when you win the game, great, but no, that's, that's all I'm asking. That's theory. That's great theory. But the problem is, we, we 20 minutes to go, you're tuning it up, and then all of a sudden... The opposition gets a goal from nowhere. The only thing that's going to happen is you have to batten the hatches down. You know, it sounds great. Well, what we, what we need to do is we and need to get a hold of the ball. And that's when you react. Let's get a hold of the ball That's exactly when you react. That's my point. But that's what I'm saying. It's good theory. That's when you, you react. You're talking about where was Messi then. What, you think Messi's going to start... They're all, all of a sudden, the Argentina's going to start knocking the ball around and giving it all that. <laughs> no. It's, it, it's the last minutes of a, a World Cup tie... The whole momentum of the game has shifted to the Dutch because they're knocking the lumps out the ball. The ball was screaming for the last 20 minutes. What, what did you make of those theory. final situations? The final celebrations after the penalty season? Absolutely. You want to go about and open your mouth right. and talk into the opposition and then you get beat. I'll tell you what, I wish they'd been closer to the face. <laughs> I wish somebody had stuck their face right up one of the nostrils yeah. because that's exactly what you deserve. Anybody who, as soon as you've... The outsider looking at that picture will think that's classless, right? right. But once, as soon as you know what went on, right. then absolutely it's the right thing to do. Uh, Ali mentioned uh, Pablo Messi with an edge. This is a, a, a player that you've known since he was a teenager. I imagine it doesn't surprise you, but to some in the mix zone, what he was saying obviously to someone from the Dutch contingent calling him Bobo, took a lot of people by surprise. <laughs> Uh, well, um, obviously, he, he looked really angry after the game. Um, I'm not sure what, you know, uh, I, I know Messi from many years, and I think he, he, in the way he's, 
playing this World Cup and, and taking that responsibility to lead that team and carrying this Argentina team is, is something else for him. Uh, I, for me, obviously, uh, probably before or a few years ago, Messi would never do this or would never say anything like that. But I think, uh, especially like I say before, Dan, I mean, Banga uh, have been talking too much about him mm. and, you know, it's his last World Cup probably. He's really enjoying it uh, and he wants to win it. He's desperate to win the World Cup. And, and, and a bit of Maradona back in, in the 1990 when he was in Italy as well. You know, these kind of reactions where, you know... Uh, Argentinian love uh, this kind of uh, character and personality. And I think we, we, we all agree in Argentina, everyone is so pleased and so happy to see Messi reacting like that because it's some, probably something that we haven't seen very often before. And now he's the captain. And as I say, a uh, uh, love of Argentinian fans here in Qatar and, and supporting the team and supporting Messi. And I think that's why... We have seen a bit uh, this uh, reaction from him. Pablo, just try and put, uh, it's almost impossible for words, I imagine, the pressure that is on him from Argentina. Well, the pressure is big. Uh, don't forget that a few years ago he took a break from uh, international uh, level where obviously... Um, you know, it was a, a lot of criticism for uh, for Messi when we lost the, the World Cup and then two consecutive Copa Americas, uh, and 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 then he realised how important it was for him to to represent his country again, to play for the, for Argentina, and of course, uh, winning Copa America in Brazil was huge for Messi. Uh, it took a bit of pressure off him, and now, uh, as as we see, you know, he's really enjoying the World Cup and. The pressure, of course, is there, but uh, I, I understand that for Messi uh, would be something amazing. And for all the Argentinian people, seeing Messi lifting the greatest trophies, uh, you know, in, in the world uh, of football. Pablo, can I ask you a question? So you're saying, yes, yeah. there's pressure on him, right? But I would think that it, it's, it's a good pressure. You know, previously you're talking about he was under pressure because he stopped playing, and then he came back. So the pressure is on to win, and, and just to win, it, it, it's, it, it, it's just all-consuming. I get the feeling that, yes, there's pressure on him to win, but everybody's kind of on his back with a smile on their face, which has to make a huge difference. Yes, it's pressure, but it's, it's a completely different pressure to the one of, you must win or else. Yeah, but Steve, uh, Maradona won in 1986, and, and 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 at some point Messi was winning everything with Barcelona, and 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 people in Argentina will expect, you know, uh, Messi to do exactly the same uh, thing playing for the national team, and uh, we 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 are mad about football in Argentina, and 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 this kind of pressure is always been there, and and. And that's why, uh, for a player like Messi, who won absolutely everything at, 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 the, uh, at the club level, uh, it, it was something big for him to win something for, for the national team in, in major tournaments. So, uh, 
Yes, winning Copa America is good. It, it was something amazing for, for him and for the, the Argentinian people after so many years without winning anything. But of course, uh, everyone is just waiting for Messi to win the World Cup as well. So uh, is, is, is the pressure still there? To, to, to that point, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I understand what Pablo said. I'm not sure you can, you can describe this as, as a good pressure. This is legacy-defining. Legacy We've been having this discussion around Cristiano Ronaldo in what we certainly think is, is his last World Cup. I know Messi's a couple of years younger, but I, I'm not sure how many truly expect Lionel Messi to, to be playing for Argentina in, in, in 2026. And especially for a country like Argentina that has won, that has won the tournament, Lionel Messi, I think, needs this World Cup win. You mentioned Diego Maradona. Um, to Again... To, to, to be kept on that same level of some of the game's greats. So it's a pressure that I think is almost more intense than it was in 2014 or 2018 with this being his, his probably most likely his last tournament. Let's take a look at the odds then. Argentina favourites, Croatia outsiders going into the tie. How's it going to go, Pablo? Well, um, I'm, I'm confident, of course, because of the mentality of the, of the players. Uh, Messi playing well, he's in a great form, so of course that gives us uh, a big chances. But uh, we need to respect Croatia. They, they have a wonderful team, great players. They've been in, in the final in 2018. Uh, Medric, uh, sorry, Modric still playing some great football. So it won't be easy again, but uh, I'm confident, Dan. I, wanna, uh, I would like to see Argentina reach in the final, of course. Well, yes, thank you very much for that, Pablo. <laughs> I think I'm going to get you in this. Cutting edge, cutting edge. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, what's the score going to be, Mr. Zabaleta? No, no, I don't want to jinx it. No. <laughs> Go on, jinx it. Go on. No, 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 no. What is this? <laughs> okay. Uh, no, 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 uh, I don't want to say it. No. Say Sorry. it, say Just it. You can ask me for La Liga games, uh, but I'm not going to say that. I've never seen Pablo nervous. Pablo's more nervous than everybody else. Uh, <laughs> Suspicion, man. Uh, Sorry. Give me a score, Shaka. <laughs> <laughs> one nil Argentina. Yes, Jack. There oh. you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You said it. Ali. Argentina. Two one. Two one Argentina. Oh, we're gonna get your smart. Oh, don't tell us. <laughs> don't tell us. Well, I'm going to take your dogs for a walk. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, meanwhile, Brazil, of course, out um, against uh, Argentina's opponents in the semi-finals. Croatia. Uh, first time we heard from Neymar, said, "I'm psychologically destroyed. This was certainly defeat that hurt me the most, which made me paralysed for ten minutes. And right after, I fell into non-stop crying." Uh, we saw, of course, Argentinian fans celebrating this defeat. Were you one of them, Pablo? Um, yes, well, yes, is it yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, because, uh, obviously, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, Argentina Brazil would have been an amazing game in the semi final, of yeah. course, but. Uh, Listen, uh, I don't, I, I don't care about Brazil. Uh, say, 
this many times. And I think they, they were so naive in that game. With 10 minutes to the end of the game, winning 1-0, just stay back, defend. Can, can, no, I just, can I just, kill, you know, do, let, let me just add, let me just add here, Dan. So we 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 took the Metro to to the um, to the Brazil game, and now I have absolutely no idea. A bunch of Brazil fans come onto the train. I have no idea what they're singing, but all the Brazil songs were about Messi. All right. these fans were singing something about Messi. Yeah, I, I, I thought it really odd. There were there were two two Argentina fans on the same train in the Argentina shirts, <laughs> and they were just staring at these Brazil fans with a death stare. And as soon as Brazil go out, all I could think about were these two Argentina fans <laughs> and how they must be feeling right at that point hey. because it, it was that. I, 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 that was Shaka, so justified. I, I was at the stadium and there were maybe 20,000 fans uh, from Argentina they were like yeah <laughs> <laughs> no love yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah 20,000 fans I, 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 I really really do. let me get this right Shaq is okay with the fans mocking fans but Argentina He's not okay with Argentina mocking the Netherlands. Yeah. Oh, no. Huh? Double standard channel. Oh, I see. I, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> once again, once again, let, let me just be clear about what I said. I have no problem with you mocking, mocking the other players after the game, but I would like to see that during the game. I just thought that was absent during the game. Um, While Stevie says his theory, that's not what I was saying. I haven't seen you since the Brazil game. Neymar's got to take a penalty earlier, hasn't he? After Rodrigo misses. Oh, I, I just don't think there's a correct answer to this question. Really? There's really not. Why would you have him? Well, as because you won't. It, it generally, look, the, the percentage, I don't know the percentage, but I'm going to guess the percentage is that the, a team takes five penalties in a shootout. Right. It's probably about 92, 93%. Oh, <laughs> has to be. Where does this number come from? How many, how many times do you never get to the end of the five? Right. It's very rare. So right. I think it's too clever to Netherlands go. Netherlands really has to go so first. Then and then, of course, Messi goes first. And everybody's going, see, see, he went first. That's how you do it. Right. I, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I'm surprised. Yeah. Once Rodrigo misses, though, do you, does that not change everything? Because then it opens the door that you might not get to the five. I know, but again, the psych- so, you, so your psychology then, what do you do when you get to the fourth? Do you switch? And, so you're saying switch and, and make Neymar go fourth. I just want, I just and want- then if you've got to get somebody to take the fifth, you're going, oh, no, I wish Neymar was taking the fifth. I mean, it's... The psychology only well, keeps falling. <laughs> the psychology only works when somebody like Neymar doesn't get a penalty. Right. And that in itself is very, very rare. <laughs> well, it has happened in every penalty seems, picture it seems like, so far. It seems like he doesn't want that answer. No, no, I'm surprised that you gave me that answer. That yeah, yeah I, I think it's too easy to be uh, okay. smart after the event. Oh, I see. Oh, it's not that you would even do something. Hindsight like that. is a wonderful thing. Uh, Pablo, before we let you go, just your prediction for the Argentina game? Thank you very much. I, I, I text you. Thank you very much, uh, Pablo. Just a reminder uh, a lot more analysis of what happened in the quarterfinals on the latest edition. Gav's wearing all his clothes at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to check it out.
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, much to the delight, of course, of some in this studio, England are out of the World Cup. Uh, French fried, or Qatar, Qatar heroes, nine hearts broken. Uh, it's the end of the world. Um, there was a big watch party at Wembley. This is Harry Kane's penalty. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, I imagine in the Nickel household it was slightly different. <laughs> the, the reactions, Stephen. To be honest, no. I'm a little conflicted. I don't like seeing anybody. Really? Yeah. But you hate England. I do, but I don't hate Harry Kane or any of the players individually. Right. I mean, I, you can obviously feel for Harry Kane missing a penalty. Listen, the fact that England are out, I'm more than happy. Right. Don't get me wrong. But I would have preferred had, had the opposition scored a free kick in the top corner to win the game rather than Kane missing a penalty. So I do feel for England as far as players are concerned, but the fact they're out is uh, okay by me. Uh, Pablo Zabaleta has been replaced by James Olley, who joins us uh, with Shaka as well. Uh, James, interesting, there was a, a lot of criticism of Gareth Southgate going into the tournament. You would think, oh, he gets knocked out in the quarterfinals, this will be his last game in charge, but it doesn't seem to be as simple as that. No, I mean, I think we've seen a, a genuine evolution of the team in the tournament, in insofar as I, I thought actually against France, it was probably the bravest lineup that he's selected, given the level of the opponent, given the magnitude of the game. You know, he's always gone to this back three, back five system when England have played big teams in, in knockout football um, and even in the Nations League and those kind of matches. But he, I think there was a feeling within the squad that they were good enough to go toe-to-toe with the world champions. And, and to be fair, they did that. And the game, I don't think, was lost over a systemic failure or a, an underlying issue. It was lost in, in the moments, that you know, as individual moments of individual players. Obviously, most clearly when Harry Kane missed the penalty, but also and if you think about Harry Maguire with that header hit the post at 1-1 and maybe Maguire losing Giroud for the winning goal you know that that isn't a tactical issue those were those were players making individual mistakes or not quite executing to the best of their ability so I think England's overall performances here have, have left people quite encouraged about what could come in 2024 and, and I think Gareth Southgate has been at the absolute heart of that um, progression and evolution over the last six years and it would be a shame if he didn't get the chance to see that through I think in one more tournament in 24. Do you agree Steve? I'd have to say I'm a little conflicted. Oh, you're I very get conflicted today. Well, I get. Because, because it's hard to argue <laughs> with, with everything that's been said. Right. England played well against France. Yes. You know, they, they've, they've been to a World Cup final under the Southgate. European, European, European Cup final. Yeah. Uh, they've been to the semi-final of the World Cup yes. under the Southgate. 
But there comes a time when you think, right, what's missing? Why, why, is, why is it so nearly? But this is the best. It's okay. This is the best they played, like Croatia, right, Italy. Here's, here's my thought. Go on. Here's the only thing I can come up with. Do you have a manager who's not quite, who's a little different to a Southgate? You get a quirky guy, a guy, a guy that they're maybe a little scared of. You know, somebody like Kenny Douglas with us, for example, we'd come in, it'd be nil-nil, we'd played really well, and we'd be like, OK, we've played really well, we'll just keep it going. That, that's not the way he looks at it. He's like, by the way, don't think you're going to get a pat on the back or a clap. Right. We're nil-nil. We shouldn't be nil-nil. You know, just demanding a little bit more, demanding extra, always having them on the toes. But it was a penalty. It was a penalty. I know away. that's the only thing I can think of. Can, right. Do you get a manager who's a little quirky, who's a little different, somebody who's in your face? You're always looking over your shoulder. You're not quite sure. Again, a Fergie type where the players are always looking over the shoulder, just pushing for that little extra. Because that's the only thing that's missing, that little extra. But where do you find it? James, the argument is from some that they've just won. A, he's won over the media. That he's all the journalists' friends, and they're not willing to come out against him. Well, I think you'll find there are a lot of people writing before this tournament started. I wasn't one of them, but there were a lot of English media writing that this should be his last tournament no matter what. I think there was a feeling that when England got relegated from the Nations League, although that's not a particularly important tournament, it did point to a, a glass ceiling perhaps that you know England against the top sides were not going to make that final step into being, able to, being a top-class team that could win every game anywhere all the time. But my, my, my view quite simply is just that um, I think England's evolution is 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 almost exclusively down to Southgate and the players that he's been able to develop over that period of time. Obviously, he's benefited from that at club level. But Steve's talking about a change of manager there. It, England's major issue is their centre-backs. They don't defend well enough to win a World Cup. They don't have two top-class centre-backs, even one top-class centre-back, really that um, is, you know, can, can really be that dominant, domineering presence at the heart of a, of a, of a central defence that would win you a tournament. And that's not Gareth Southgate's fault. I think what he's tried to do is, rather than be on the back foot in 2018, and even last summer at the Euros, he's tried to say, look, everyone keeps saying that this is, we've got the best attacking group of players we've ever seen. Everyone keeps telling me 4 3 three is the way to go. You look at the criticism he took for playing three at the back, five at the back in those big games previously he chose to do what everybody's wanted him to do which is to open up to try and go on the front foot to get more of those attacking players in the team and they lost a game by the finest of margins so the idea that you're going to replace him now and kind of throw away this all of the work that's been done and don't forget that the, a lot of these England players they didn't really buy into England before Gareth Southgate Marcus Rashford I thought gave a really revealing answer at one of his press conferences out here when he talks about how training was just not particularly intense under Roy Hodgson and it wasn't one of those things where he tripped himself up or someone asked a tricky question and he got himself down a cul-de-sac he didn't want to be down he just openly offered this stuff up and I thought that was so indicative of, of, of where England were to where they are now and I think to, to, given that there's only 18 months to the next tournament to sort of throw all this out of the window for a you know a sexy name a Tuchel or a Pochettino I, 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 just, I just don't see it I think Gareth Southgate's earned the right to have one more go at this and I think England now have mentally got themselves into a position where they feel they belong at this top level uh, because you know although people fans might look at it and say well 
look at all these top players you've got Premier League stars all over the all over the place you should be beating France you should be competing and winning these big trophies England have no track record of this England do not beat major teams in knockout matches away from Wembley they've never done it they don't beat elite nations in their history it's not something that England have done but they've come closer than ever before under Southgate and that's a big mental switch I think at the highest level when you talk about these fine margins of these matches and they're there now they're ready it's just a shame that they can't show it at these finals anymore. What do you think, Shaq? Um, I, I'm, I'm going to be like Stevie and say I'm, I'm really conflicted uh, around, around a lot of this. One, I, I understand the criticisms of, of Gareth Southgate, but, but on the other, and, and here's... here's I, I saw somebody do a comparison between this England team and some of the previous... Golden generations. England always seems to have a, a golden generation of, 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 of teams. Even if you look back at the World Cup of 2010 or go further back to, to 2002. And the question was asked, how many players from this team would get into that team? Let, let, let's, use, let's use the 2010 as, as an example. How many midfielders from this team now in 2022 uh, gets in ahead of the likes of Gerard or Lampard, and you go up and down, you go up and down the entire squad. And at no point do, do I think that more than four, maybe five are to push. So you never get past 50% of this squad filling in there. Yet this England squad has exceeded the record at major, uh, major tournaments of all those teams that had supposedly way better players that had supposedly a way better a better manager so how how do you close that circle if it's not Gareth Southgate if it's not him giving something then then what what is it right now I'm leaning on the side of Gareth Southgate continuing his work uh, meanwhile, of course, Portugal are out, surprisingly knocked out by Morocco. Uh, no surprise who was on the front pages of the Portuguese newspapers. Uh, uh, no, it looks like Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, just to remind you, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid as we look at the odds of Cristiano Ronaldo. Newcastle. <laughs> Next Come club. 5-1 uh, on, on any Saudi club, of course. Uh, that's what the rumours that uh, were around the last couple of weeks. Uh, sporting 8-1, Newcastle at 12s, Chelsea 12s, PSG Real Madrid, and then any MLS club at 16-1. to uh, What are you hearing, James? Where's he, he going to go? Well, look, I mean, he doesn't, as, as those odds show, it's a, it's a shame. Because let's just firstly say he is arguably, obviously, one of the greatest players of all time. And I take no pleasure in what I'm about to say, but he doesn't have many options. Because there is a there is a quite a significant gap now between the player that he thinks he is and the player he actually is. And Manchester United realised it. Portugal realised it during this tournament. And let's not forget that even though he has made this interview with Piers Morgan where he said, oh, Manchester United betrayed me and I had all these options and, you know, I, I wasn't the one who wanted to go... The reality is that his agent, Jorge Mendes, was looking around Europe this summer. The minute that United won in the Champions League, he was looking for another club. They talked to Chelsea. They talked to one or two others. Chelsea, I think, would have been... I think Chelsea would have probably taken him, actually, if, um, if Thomas Tuchel hadn't re- sort of rejected the idea out of hand. Todd Bowley, my understanding was that he was very keen on the move at the time and was quite open to making the finances work, but Thomas Tuchel wasn't interested. So... 
make no mistake, Ronaldo's been on the market for a while and he doesn't have the level of club that he thinks he should have queuing up for his services. So that's why the Saudi Arabia offer is the one that's um, you know on the table and, and, and is well publicised and is obviously a huge amount of money for him. I think I'd like to see him go back to Sporting Lisbon because I think there's a romantic element to that. He'd obviously play every week there. He'd have the adulation of the fans. You know, it, it would be a nice sort of full circle for his, his career. But I but I think there's still part of him that feels he should be getting an offer from a PSG or a, or go back to Real Madrid or, or or maybe Bayern in Germany. You know, a sort of big club where he could go for the Ballon d'Or again or he could go and try and win the Champions League again. But and, and I, again, I take no pleasure in saying it because he's been such a fantastic player. But he he is not that player anymore. And and I think maybe those tears we saw when he walked off the pitch, at, uh, you know, in Portugal's final game here was maybe a bit of a realization finally that that, that top level and that top level career that he's had that's been so tremendous it is now over. I wish you luck with your mentions after that, James. Uh, meanwhile, uh, a lot of debate about Christian Pulisic and his future, obviously stalling somewhat at Chelsea, not getting the game time that he wants. Uh, Rumours suggest that maybe Newcastle could be his destination in January when the transfer window reopens. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. That Newcastle are interested in him. They were interested in him in the summer. Um, again, it's sort of similar situation, really, in that Pulisic's agent. I think he's actively trying to find him another club now. Um, I think there's a recognition that his career at Chelsea isn't necessarily over. I don't think Graham Potter sort of said, you know, you're never going to play for me, but he's clearly not going to be a mainstay of that team moving forward. And I think he probably would have gone in the summer had the World Cup not been so close and he maybe thought, look, if I don't get game time every single every single week, it doesn't matter as long as I'm ticking over ahead of a World Cup because obviously he was always going to play for the USMNT anyway. Um, but I think he's reached a point now, obviously, after this tournament, thinking about his club career again, that, that he'll want to move on. He's open, my understanding is, to moving to another club in England. Um, I think Manchester United and possibly Arsenal um, have been approached about maybe taking him on loan. I think Newcastle are talking about maybe looking at a permanent deal. I think Chelsea would probably prefer that to get him off the books altogether. And, and, and maybe the player would like that to just sort of you know have a clean break and really start and go again but I think the key time the key thing for him is just to start playing football again he needs to play regularly he hasn't done that and even when he's got games at Chelsea he's been played in a variety of positions under Thomas Tuchel he was shunted out as a wing back he was playing as a false nine he was playing as a 10 he was playing in all these different positions that you know I think he's he's a rhythm player isn't he I think he needs that consistency and he just hasn't had it listen I I, I totally understand uh, Christian Pulisic wanted to move I I, I don't necessarily understand the need for Newcastle, though I've, I've kind of learned not to question Eddie Howe and, and who he brings in and, and how he makes those players a, a part of his system. But as, as you look at, at Newcastle in, in those positions, you've got Almiron, who's having the, the season of his career. You've got Joe Linton. You've got Willock. You also have Isaac to come back, who can play anywhere along that, along that front three um, and started the season so, so brilliantly well for, for Newcastle. So all of a sudden... There's a lot of competition for very few spots. And Christian Pulisic, the, the concern or the complaint was that he simply wasn't getting enough game time at Chelsea. You come into a Newcastle side that's settled, that's played well all calendar year long, both last season and this. Does he find himself in, in a similar position? Um, that 
if I'm advising Christian Pulisic, that is, is my kind of concern um, going into to, to Newcastle United. Regardless of whether he stays at Chelsea or he goes somewhere else, what I would like to see from Christian Pulisic is fight. Fight. Fight for your position. Fight for your place. Do you not think we've seen that already? I don't believe that we have seen that with the consistency that I would want. We see moments. And then just when you think that, oh, oh, here we go. This is it. He's about to take off. There is an injury or there's poor performance. There is lack of form. And then he kind of disappears for a while. And, and I just find that, that at some point, he himself, not anybody else around him, but he himself, has to evaluate his time at Chelsea. And instead of pointing the finger whether Tuchel was playing or not playing or Grand Potter is playing or not playing, he's got to look at what he has done. And have I become a better player? Have I done enough to warrant a place in this team with consistency? The answer is no. I can tell him that. I'll give him the cheat sheet. It's no. So whether you go somewhere else or you stay at Chelsea, the first thing that he has to do is prove that he's worthy of a position with consistency. Until he does that, we're going to find ourselves in these conversations about Christian Pulisic. Very talented. We think that there's something there. We think that he's going to be able to find that form. And yet it doesn't happen consistently enough. Newcastle flying at the moment, Stevie. Does he get into the starting 11? He's got to go, he's got to go somewhere where he's going to start. So he doesn't. If he, if he has to take a little step down somewhere. Right. I mean, other players have done it. If Kevin De Bruyne can do it, then Christian Pulisic can do it. Mm. But regardless of, of anything, he has to play right. on a regular basis. And if he does that, his talent will shine through because he has talent. So he has to go somewhere where he's going to play. And to your question, Newcastle ain't the place to go. Uh, we will say for the moment. Thank you very much uh, to James. Shaq will be back a little bit later for extra time. Uh, just a reminder, James will be busy, of course, in January as well. As the window opens once again to keep up to date with all the latest news, be sure to check out Transfer Talk over on the website. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. 
Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You may have heard then, Morocco are the first African nation to ever qualify for the semi-final of the World Cup. These are the scenes during and after the match. That 1-0 victory against Portugal, of course, sealing a place in the final four. Just take a look at some of the, the newspapers covering the event, covering this historic moment for the country, not only, of course, in Morocco, but elsewhere as well. Front page of Marca in Spain, in Italy, Everybody, of course, writing about what has been very much a fairy tale story so far. Uh, Wally Brigaghi, the, uh, the Moroccan coach, saying, We are the Rocky Balboa of uh, this <laughs> okay. World Cup. No, not a bad analogy, really. Of course, looking for two more knockout punches before they can go all the way and lift the trophy. Uh, take a look. Defensively, they have been exceptional, haven't they? One goal out. And that was an own goal in five matches this World Cup. They were 200, 200 to one to win the World Cup before the start. As I mentioned, of course, first African team to reach semi-final. And uh, the, the coach is the first African manager to reach the World Cup quarterfinals and semi-finals. Welcome in now, Moroccan journalist Amin Alhamre joins us. I mean, can you, can you believe that you're in this position, that Morocco are in the semi-finals of the World Cup? I don't know. Actually, pinching myself every hour to see if I'm, if I'm awakened or not. But, uh, yeah, wildest, beyond my wildest dream. And uh, history is being made here in Qatar. And how is the reaction back in Morocco to this? Crazy, crazy. I, I don't think that uh, there has been many, many people sleeping last night in, in Casablanca and in Rabat. Everybody, everybody just cheered. And, uh, you know, after two and a half years of COVID pandemic and consequences, economics, financial and stuff, I, I think people needed this kind of joy, this sheer, just sheer felicity. We saw, obviously, they were 200 to 1 to go on and win the World Cup before a ball was kicked. Was there any sense before the tournament that maybe Morocco could go far? Well, to be completely honest, um, uh, I was thinking, I was hoping to get through this, the group stage because obviously Wally Dregregi, the coach, is here for like less than three months. Uh, but getting to the semi-final with a chance to play in the final of the World Cup? I, I mean, no, no, not, not in my widest dream, no. What has been talked about a lot within this side is its unity, about how everybody looks together. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the spirit that Walid Greggi has been bringing in this team and, and the family, you could see also that uh, the players' families and mothers were were on the you know on, mm. the, on the side just behind the benches and and how they 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 brought this uh, magnificent energy and also the fans here in Doha, so uh, I think this this uni- this sacred union that Walid Draghi demanded right after he was named head coach, I think it was there and is still here. 
What's incredible is that after the Spain game, you thought, wow, 120 minutes, some key injuries going into the Portugal tie, yet people stuck together with glue, it seems, get on the pitch, get the job done. How many injury concerns are there now going into the semi-final against France? I think I'm really concerned about Ney Fegert. Uh, he's been injured a lot of uh, the first uh, part of the season with West Ham. Uh, but other than that, uh, Mazraoui is also is aching from his back, hernia. And uh, Roman says the captain has been pretty much looking like a serious uh, injury uh, against Portugal. But I think Naif Agert is, is the one uh, that concerns me the most. Uh, in my opinion, a muscular injury like that uh, becomes really serious and the risk is, is too much, you know, too big to, to, to be playing with uh, player safety. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, maybe we could recuperate, you know, Roman Seis and Mazzari, but I don't think Neyfegerd is going to make it. Uh, what's interesting is uh, Frank Leboeuf mentioned it yesterday, the friendship between Hakimi and Kylian Mbappe. See you soon, my friend, was the tweet that Hakimi put out, which has got over half a million likes. Uh, you take a look at, obviously, the results uh, that Morocco have occurred so far. Just that one goal I mentioned conceded. Apart from that, you keep a clean sheet against Belgium, against Spain, and against Portugal. You'll obviously be looking to do that against France. Here are the odds, then. The bookies don't believe in the miracle. France, 9-2 to two on to qualify for their second consecutive final. Uh, Morocco in at 100-30. Uh, the question, I suppose, is simple. I mean, the answer maybe not so much. Can you beat France? I say bring it on. Uh, I mean, yes. nobody thought we, we would beat Spain. Nobody thought we would beat Belgium. Nobody thought we would beat Portugal. And yet, here we are. We... We took Hazard to retirement. We took probably Cristiano Ronaldo to retirement. Luis Enrique is off. So, yeah, maybe Deshaun is next. I love it. I love it. Fantastic, I mean, I like it. I like it. That's what you want to hear. Uh, I mean, much appreciated. Thank you very much. Uh, let's hope it goes your way on Wednesday. Thank and you. Frank LaBeouf is unhappy. That'd be nice. Uh, ESPN NC, then, of course, with you uh, throughout the week. We'll be continuing to count down to those two massive World Cup semifinals. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
Well, ESPN FC on ESPN Plus is presented by the all-new Honda CRV Hybrid. Interesting stuff from Greg Berhalter in uh, an interview he's done with the... Now, uh, well, this is at a conference, sorry, in New York. In, the, in this last World Cup, we had a player that was clearly not meeting expectations on and off the field. We were ready to book a plane ticket home. That's how extreme it was. And what it came down to was we're going to have one more conversation with him. And part of the conversation was how we're going to behave from here out. There aren't going to be any more infractions. He continues, as a coach, the way you can deal with these things most appropriately is going to back, you, back to your values because it's difficult to send a player home. It was going to be a massive controversy. You would have been reading about it for five days straight. But we were prepared to do it because he wasn't meeting the standards of the group and the group was prepared to do it as well. Now, this is really strange because obviously people are putting two and two together and coming up with Gio Reyna. Uh-huh. My question to you is why on earth has he come out and publicly said this? To protect himself. To explain in, by this statement as to why Gio Reyna was not involved, as to why he wasn't playing, as to why potentially the most talented player in the attack for the United States was not part of the conversation when it comes to performance on the field. He was part of the conversation as to everybody asking, why is he not there? Well, he's essentially telling us why he wasn't playing. What I would say to Greg Berhalter is, Part of managing, and Stevie would know this, part of managing is handling the disappointment of players when you tell them that they're not going to play. And as a professional, you should be able to handle that in a much better than apparently Gio Reyna was handling it with the U.S. men's national team. But as a manager, you have to be able to reach that guy just like you have to reach Christian Pulisic, you have to reach Tyler Adams, you have to reach everybody. And so maybe there are other ways to go about this than later on, as you've been eliminated, you're now on a press conference or, or, or in a conference in New York City, away from the team, away from the moment of pressure, in my opinion, way too late, telling us as to why Gio Reyna wasn't playing. Address it then with Gio Reyna. Because in the end, you want the best out of that guy. You're going to depend on that guy to perform on the field. And, and I know, I'm not, I'm not one to absolve players from, from fault. And Gio Reyna, if indeed he's talking about Gio Reyna, he's at fault as well. And he bears responsibility. But managing goes beyond just putting a 4-3-3 on the field. There's something more to it, and you have to reach every player that is part of your group that you selected, by the way, that you selected. You have to reach all of those guys. This is coming from The Athletic, who reported that sources told them that they were not happy with the scrimmage and the effort that Gio Reyna put in ahead of the opening World Cup game. Yep. I, I agree with Ali to the point where you try and get the guy on board. But some people don't get on board. Some people it doesn't work. Right. Regardless of how good they are, at the end of the day, the most important thing is the group. So back to my original question, what if I'm Greg Bearhalter, am I gaining here by coming out and publicly See, saying here's the thing, we're, we're talking about the wrong person here. Because Greg Bearhalter, from everybody, since the first game has been... Ask questions about Rayner. Why didn't he play? Right. And I think he did the right thing. I disagree with Ali that he should have come out straight away after not playing him and telling us it. 
because he's right, they would have spent five days on it, which would have completely no, I'm saying taken address. away. I'm saying address it with Gio Reyna. I'm not saying address with the media. I don't think yeah, he should he did, have said he, anything he, to he the did, media. He did address it with Gio Reyna. As I said, Ali, some players mm. don't... It, it goes in one ear and goes out the other ear. Right. The bottom line for this, this is not Greg Berhalter's fault when he said it, when he should have said it. This responsibility is on Gio Reyna. And that's where it should be. We shouldn't be talking about why is Bill Holt saying this or why is he doing that. We should be asking Claude uh, 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 Gio Reyna, why did this situation come around? What sort, of, what sort of display are you putting up where you're walking around and training where the whole group is against you? What do you think is going to happen? This, the, all these questions should be put straight at Reyna, not Bill Holter. In my opinion, Bill Holter did the right thing. It kept the thing under wraps. Yes, we still we asked questions during the tournament and straight afterwards, but now we, know, we get the answer, and I think he's gone about this absolutely the right way, and I'll repeat it. This is not about Greg Berhalter. The question should be pointed at Gio Reyna. And how do you, and why did you get yourself in this position? It's his responsibility, not Berhalter's. If we're going to focus on Gio Reyna, and I agree with you that the player bears responsibility here. Yeah. Of course he does. It is surprising. So very surprising when you think of who Gio Reyna is and the sort of pedigree that he has as a player. When you think of his father, Claudio Reyna, and what he means to this national team. Mm -hmm. Of all the players that you could bring up from the U.S. men's national team and say this guy wasn't ready to play or wasn't displaying the attitude that was needed or wasn't meeting the standards, I would think Gio Reyna would be the last guy knowing full well what the history of his family, his own father, is with the U.S. men's national team. That he would know what the sacrifices and the standards are. That he would know what the expectations are. That he would know what it meant to his father to represent his country. And that he had a unique opportunity in a World Cup to not only represent himself, but his family and his country. And to be unable to do that because you're not meeting essentially the standards of a full national team call-up, I, I don't know what the behavior was, and we don't know that for certain. But if it is as egregious as Greg Berhalter is pointing out in this conference, man, it is a referendum on Gio Reyna as a professional. He texted um, Jeff Carlisle, um, Greg Berhalter sent him a message saying it's not really important who it was. The important thing is that the group had very clear standards and they were prepared to communicate if the standards weren't being met. Sometimes that communication leads to positive change and a clear pathway forward. Yeah, as I said, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, then you have to do the right thing. And Greg Berhalter did the right So thing. we're it's assuming it's really it's straightforward. This is this yeah. is really this straightforward. Is, the sources are telling the Athletic that it was Gio Reyna in a scrimmage uh, ahead of the start of the World Cup. Yeah, it, it, it's tough, honestly. And and I look at this from the perspective of somebody who did not have the opportunity to be in the World Cup, and that would give everything to be at the World Cup. Right? I would trade everything in my career to have the chance to be singing the national anthem of Venezuela in a World Cup game, and I wasn't able to do that. So to see somebody taking it for granted really, really bothers me. But I don't think he's alone in this, right? I don't, I don't while I say that Gio Reyna bears heavy, heavy responsibility here, 
I also think the back and forth early on in the World Cup where Berhalter was saying he wasn't fit to play and Gio right. Reyna said, no, I'm ready to go. Right. That whole back and forth was mishandled. And so the situation as a whole from then on was mishandled. Uh, is it me being naive saying this is a Gio Reyna who's missed a lot of football because of injury? So doesn't want to go out there and give 100% in the scrimmage just in case he picks up a knot? No, I don't think we, I don't think we can guess or should try and guess. Right. Uh, the fact is... If you're carrying an injury, um, then everybody will know. Your teammates will know. The, right. the, the coaches will know. Everybody will know. It's not a case of looking for excuses for, for, his, for if it's him, his behaviour. So I don't think we should guess. The fact is, the way he was acting, and I would guess it's off the field as well as on the field, was not appropriate and best for the squad. And that's why I never saw the field. Um, I imagine a lot more on this will be on the next edition of Football Americas. They had the day off. Oh, uh, however, the latest right. episode, of course, will drop tomorrow. You can check that out here on ESPN+. The war in Ukraine has begun. You fellow countrymen see you and your team take the field. What do you think they see? What's a wonderful night for the people of Ukraine against all the this team will come together to keep their world dream alive. So be sure to check out Remember the Blue and Yellow, which is available now uh, to watch here on ESPN+. Uh, meanwhile, in Iran, women are banned from soccer stadiums, but some women dare to defy that, to take back their joy in the game. Be sure to check out the latest of the 30 for 30 podcast, Pink Card, which tells their story. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. That brings us to the end of today's show, but of course, we can't end it without saying happy birthday, oh, yes. Stephen. Oh, Congratulations. Really. Quite a moment. I actually, I got, oh, yeah, look at that. We've really pushed the boat <laughs> yes, <up. laughs> That's it, baby. I actually forgot this morning. I got up. Right. And I turned my phone on. We're getting ready to take the dog out. Yes. And I turned my phone on. And I went, Oh, she lived in thunder. Even real. Did Ellen not say anything when you woke no, up? No, she never said a word. Why? Well, because she probably just waited to see how long it would take for you to realise it was your birthday. Yeah. Oh, there we go. So not bad. About half eleven. Half <laughs> <laughs> your birthday, you yeah. miss. Eleven thirty. I realised. Uh, we got some vintage photos to show you, Stevie. Mm. These weren't cobbled together very quickly. Oh, I promise. Oh, there that's it is. A of that. that is what FA Cup. FA Cup. Yeah. What year? Eighty-six. There oh, you go. Hello. And what's the, is this Sheffield Wednesday? What's this? No. No. What's that? That's Anfield. Oh, look at that. Look that's at that early hair. Look there at that. That's comb over early doors. That's beautiful hair. That's the Beatles right there. 82. Oh, oh here we go. Oh, coaching. Oh, more 2002. The old SNs. <laughs> you still got a collection of those, Steve? Oh, oh, hey! hey. <laughs> I must have been there, the, the goalie coaching. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, you just, must have been sorry, yelling at me. We've just lost a goal again. The last sorry, sorry, sir. There's no shepherd's pie left. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's still with my false teeth then. I didn't know you had false teeth, Steve. Did I? Did I you? Went, I once was screaming. 
That's it, may have been a, it may have been when I was screaming at you, probably am. <laughs> I was screaming, I was bent over the boards, and I was like, you, and my two front teeth came straight out. <laughs> I used to have a plate. What's wrong with you Scottish? Why can't you oh. keep holding your teeth? Because I got them kicked out when I was playing. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, but I had to hang over the board like this, try to find my teeth. <laughs> oh my <laughs> <laughs> so why aren't there any toothless pictures of you playing? <laughs> Like Burnley, it's very well, because, obvious. Well, because when I was older, I wasn't stupid enough to put myself in a position where I was going to get kicked in the mouth. Okay, so you so wore I the plate. Really, aye, I right. wore the plate when I was playing. I see. Yeah, by that stage I was like, yeah. Wasn't that stupid? Well, <laughs> nice to see that maturity let, let has continued. Guys, let the young guys stay uh, ahead. That is in it. The that brings us to the end of today's show. More uh, birthday celebrations with Stevie Secundo in extra time. Shaka joins us as well. So be sure to stay tuned. Mm. FC Extra Time is brought to you by Globen. Hello, welcome into the ESPN FC studios. Um, uh, yes? Can I tell you, you know when we were talking about. You know, when a player's out of line and you talk to them... Yes, Listen, we've been discussing the Gia Reyna situation yeah. and Greg And you're looking for the right response. Yes. Well, I know we were being serious about the Gia, so it didn't really, I, I didn't tell you this story because it, it kind of... It's, it's more fun than serious. OK, okay. all right. You're Here we, up. Well, we, signed, we signed Diego Serna, who Ali will tell you, at the time, mm. no question, the best centre-forward in MLS. OK. Right? But the guy was a bit of a problem, mm. which is why <laughs> we ended up getting him anyway. So we signed him, uh, and on the Monday, he came in for training, um, and then the Tuesday morning, he never came in. Oh. <laughs> and then the Wednesday morning, he never came in. Right. And he never came in till Friday morning. So we're playing on a Saturday, and we just signed him, and he comes strolling in the Friday morning, and I'm like... I said, where have you been all week? And he went, wow, well, I had to go home, and I had to do this, and right. blah, blah. And I said, look, I said, I understand you've just moved. Right. I know there's a lot of stuff you have to do with your family and, you know, moving and all the other things. I says, but number one, tell me. I says, if you tell me, then I'll, I'll do everything I can to help you. Right. I said, apart from the fact that everybody is wondering where you've been, I said, how am I supposed to play you tomorrow? Yes. And he's like, oh, I understand, I understand. So, of course, I couldn't play him. Right. And the reason I couldn't play him is because the whole group would have been upset. Yeah, rightly so. Right. Anyway, so fortunately, we played on a Saturday. Yeah. And we got away with it. It came on as a sub. Okay. We were like 15 minutes to go. We were winning 2 1. He scored. Everything turned out great. Beautiful. So I spoke to him again. I said, right. I said, look, remember. How was your earpiece? <laughs> remember, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he went, no problem. Don't okay. worry about it. Right. I didn't see him to the following Friday. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I, don't, I actually can't remember him starting a game because he just never appeared. So how long did he last? Oh, we got rid of him. End how? Of, how did you get rid of him? Well, end of the year, see you there. Right. Wow. I mean, heck. Honestly, this guy scored goals for fun, right? And wow. he ended up being my teammate with the LA Galaxy. Oh, did he? Yes. And how was that? Well, he wasn't showing up either. <laughs> <laughs> he was consistent. And you were like, good, I'll play. That's no problem. And did you get anything nice for your birthday? No. Eleanor must have got you something. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I got a right big fry up. Oh, lovely. Mm. Beans, toast, mm. yeah. and oh. butter. And how is that different bacon. to any other day? 
No, I don't get that. Every day of the week. This was the birthday version. <laughs> this was the birthday, birthday version. version. The birthday one. Whoa. Yeah, I was like, I had to sit in a chair for about 30 minutes. <laughs> well, that's good for how, the old cholesterol. How was the show? Like how was the cake on it? Yes, yes, well, exactly. <laughs> well, there's certain, there's certain things that. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, the shoulder. Um, I pushed yeah. push through. Yeah. Uh, Why did your earpiece keep falling out today? Is it a new one? No. What's the problem? For some reason, I didn't put my own in and I borrowed this one. Right. And the thing's been falling out. Yeah, we, we noticed. You can't hear Shaka. Shaka Hislop is with us as well. Uh, Shaka, I heard a story about you getting on the wrong bus and ended up in a coffee shop at five in the morning. Uh-oh. Here we uh -oh. go. Yeah. That happened. So we had to take a bus to get back to the hotel and I got on the wrong bus I took a little bit longer to get back to the apartment than uh, how long than are we should. talking here how long Jack and uh, <laughs> it took about an hour how, how are you a doctor regular, aren't you supposed right to be bus smart don't you know which bus to take I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a doctor of bus routes <laughs> 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 took a bus it was a bus, I got on the bus, so what is and it? I is just it? had every wrong place. Did somebody I tell me to get a number 25, or an, <laughs> is that a name, or what is it? When you get on a bus... No, there's, so there's one street, the street is blocked off, the street is blocked off, and there are buses that come. But the media bus looks a little different. Well, I know now because, <laughs> because I've experienced all the buses there are in Qatar. So the media bus looks a little different, but I was... Going back by myself for the first time, got on the wrong bus, and it took the scenic route. I eventually got back to. to when my did you realise you were on the wrong bus, Shaq? <laughs> so are the buses free, or you got to pay when you <laughs> get quickly. on, or what? Pretty well, quickly, but then. Right. I don't know. You can't get off. Once I get off, I don't know how to get back. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm just like, I've got to ride this out. So, yeah. And, and the, I asked the driver, and he was like, yeah, this will take you to um, the area where the apartment is. He's like, this will take you there. So I, I had no choice. I was like, all right, I'm, all right. I'm in for the long haul. And last, and last time we spoke about you and Seb, you said he was singing in the shower. How is it developing your, uh, your roommate relationship? Better. Oh, um, oh, I've not seen him as much. Well, that's why I've I've not seen him as much as any of the other Usually what? And that's, uh, <laughs> yes. Oh. He's been getting on the wrong bus. Shaka seems a bit laboured living <laughs> with uh, Naden. We had a bit of a spark with Seb. What's Seb Seth doing? Mexico's out in the US, are it? Football Seth? America's every day. Him and Seb. Oh, Evan the Herc. Oh, right. There you go. Well, you don't come home and do that. Oh, I, Why does he have to go to date in Qatar? I don't know. I'm not in charge of this alone. Wow. Oh, right. All right. Well, you seem to have all the answers. That was a... Wow. Well, you asked me what he was doing. <laughs> <laughs> Ali, you watch... In Esri and Bono almost every week with Sevilla. Mm. Did you know they had this level of play in their bag when you see them at club level? Bono, yes. Uh, he's consistently having to make saves for Sevilla. Certainly has had to do that this season as they haven't been all that great. Uh, and he has been a very good goalkeeper for Sevilla for a few years now. As for Indian City, that's different because he has had difficulties playing regularly for Sevilla. However, the athleticism that we saw in the finish against Portugal, that jumping ability has always been there. Doesn't always put it on target. This one went on target when it mattered the most. Uh, Stevie, did you enjoy the Netherlands against Argentina? Never underestimate the Qatar World Cup. Mm. <laughs> yes, of course, when you were very down on it, you thought it was going to be a terrible match. 
Well, I, did, I didn't think it was particularly exciting, uh, to be honest with you. And at 2 0, as I told you. It's quite I, exciting I at went, the end. Well, fortunately, uh, I agree with you, and I did see it. Right. But I saw it on tape. Right, because. Because I went for it. At 2 0, I went, the oh. game's done. Wow. Because the Dutch, I mean, let's be honest, the yes. Dutch were horrible. Yes. And so I couldn't see them scoring, never mind two. Oh. So I went for a walk with the dog. Oh. With the dog. Yes. And when I got back, it was extra time. <laughs> <laughs> so I quickly turned the telly off and no! got the tape on, and then I watched it from. <laughs> there you go. And you were like, oh, I wonder if it's going to go to extra time. <laughs> <laughs> the drama. The drama of it all. I did, of course, start at extra time. <laughs> For Shaka, thoughts on Emmy Martinez's personality? Seems like he might be annoying sometimes, but surely if you're performing like that, he is mo- must love the passion. Yeah, you, 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 you take that. It is a little bit annoying, I'll right. be honest, but he's true to himself. You've seen, you've seen him react exactly the same for Villa. I have to say, I, I don't remember that kind of reaction um, while, while, while he was at Arsenal. But playing for Villa, certainly you see that from him when he makes a big save and he has a big performance. That's just who he is. And, and I, above all, stick to continue to be true to who you are. And, and Martinez is doing that. It kind of kicked off at the Copa, didn't it? Yeah. Against yes. Colombia. Yeah, yeah, Colombia. Was, Up until then, it was like you didn't even know who he was. Yeah, there was some trash talking going ah, on. He just carried that on, didn't he? Yes. Uh, Stevie, how did, you, how did you react to players getting self inflicted injuries like Neuer did during your managerial time? Neuer, of course, breaking his leg, well, skiing of sorts. Well, honestly, when I heard about this, I have never heard anything so unprofessional and stupid <laughs> in all my life. Wow. As a professional footballer, if there was something else you could do for supposed fun or enjoyment or another sport, the last thing it would be would be skiing. Mm. You talk about the worst thing for a footballer to injure his knees or his ankles. I mean, it's just... I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I couldn't repeat what I would have said to him oh. if I'd been his manager. Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, there are occasions where they just <laughs> sometimes things happen. Right. We, we were pre-season with the Revs. Uh, a guy called Michael Parkhurst. Where did you go to pre-season? We went to... It was a very serious, heads yes. down... Yes. Cancun. <laughs> we went Uh-oh. to Cancun. Probably. By the way... <laughs> by the way, I didn't know at the time... Yes. It was in the middle of spring. Oh, oh, well done. Oh. Oh, oh my itchies. goodness. Itchies. So we had a... We had a, as soon as we arrived at the hotel, we had a, we had a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> they set a few rules down. <laughs> right. Anyway, Michael Pankhurst. How, many, uh, how we, many of those rules did you break? Oh, I wasn't included in Oh, it. I see, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you above the rules. You and Mariner yeah. were exempt yeah. from the rules. See, above there, are, the rules. there are some who set the rules, <laughs> and there are some who have to follow the rules, uh, and there's the others who... Uh, <laughs> can, we charge, can we tell the story about the phone call? Was that in Cancun? It may not have been Cancun. I don't want to get you into trouble. Oh. Oh. But can we say that? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go. <laughs> oh, you have to tell it now. You have to tell it now. I think we can't. It's, okay, well, it's your, yeah. it's your marriage. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Paul, and I, I mean, Paul and I and the Rev. I mean. Right. I mean, the youngest one is at the time was like 53. You know yeah, what I mean? Right. 
<laughs> and we had a friend with us, um, Brian Ho, okay. who was a singer. Uh, sung for ba- in Bad Company. Right. Very famous guy. And there was this, this bar stroke restaurant stroke disco kind of place. Right. And we managed to talk ourselves into getting free tickets if Brian would sing a song. Okay. Nice. So it was like, it was free drink, the whole thing was free. <laughs> yep. Good. So we get there. Anyway, it kind of went pear shaped. Brian never ended up singing. Right. But we got in. Yep. And it was, everyone was free. Right. Right. And it was absolutely jam packed. Right. So we're in the disco part now, really, yeah, aren't we? we, they, we, they, we they, with the restaurant yeah, and we, 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 strokes, 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 strokes are gone. gone. We are right in the middle of I the mean, disco. We left. We left because we just felt old. Right. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so <laughs> we get home. So I'm talking to Eleanor. Yes. When I get back to the hotel, so 12 o'clock, come up. And she's like, oh, what have you been doing? I said, oh, we just went for a drink. Yeah. yeah. No, no, we're just went for a drink. All right. Anyway, she called me the following evening. And she went, what did you do last night? Again, I went, oh, no, we just went for a drink. She went, so you didn't go to a club or a disco or... or and I was like, oh, hey, what? It, what? it turned out... Her best friend's son's best mate was in the place. Brilliant. And told them. Aww. And then she called my message and went, oh, see, Steve was in the song, so I was like, oh, oh he can't go anywhere. <laughs> it's a good job. <laughs> Restaurant stroke bar. Yeah, and a little, just, di- little just disco. Just a tiny disco. Some music was playing in the background. It was the middle of spring break as well, wasn't it? I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, the original story. Right, very sorry. Guys. Michael Parkhurst. So we're talking about Noya. What an idiot. On the other hand, you got somebody like Michael Parkhurst. So that pre-season, yeah. After training, the boys would go in the sea just to, for a dip. Right. right. He got hit by a wave and hurt his shoulder and was out for six weeks. Right. So things like that just actually. You didn't mind that. Well, there's nothing no. he can do. No, he exactly. wasn't. He wasn't doing anything stupid like Noya. Oh, and clubs late night. Uh, is Morocco the best underdog story ever at a World Cup, Shaka? Um, I'm going to go for a yes. The, the only thing, the, the only equivalent South Korea getting, getting to the World Cup in 2002 when Japan and South Korea hosted, that probably was, was, was just as big. Um, but I, I cannot, I cannot underplay the reaction to, to Morocco getting to the semi-final, especially who they beat in the last two games against Spain and, and, and Portugal, and how everybody here in, in Qatar reacted. It, it really has been phenomenal to witness. I would say, uh, give a shout out to 1990 Cameroon. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It was the first time that we saw something like this happening and and the moments that you think of that run by Cameroon is for example René Guita the goalkeeper from Colombia trying to dribble as he always did and then getting, getting picked up by Roger Milla he ends up scoring Roger Milla who was like 40 years old at that yeah. time and scoring goals late coming off the bench and and who did they list to? Oh, oh, the mighty three lions, of yeah, course. Some questionable penalty kicks and extra time. On this uh, well, speaking day. of, th- have we got that video? Uh, have you got that video sorted, Pete? I don't know. Have you, have you? You sent me this when England got knocked out or Harry Kane missed the penalty yesterday. And I don't quite understand what oh, it was all a about. Dog. Well, it was It's just like this. This is oh. what I received. I know. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. 
this is what it is. The night has come. The dream is over. The end of the world, perhaps. There you oh. go. That's all I got. Oh. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> what happened was, Harry Kane, right? Yes. I just the penalty. Yes. Right. So I said to him, oh, what it says? So I got my phone, <laughs> and I thought I'd, I thought I'd, I thought I'd taped all of this. But what I did was, I got the dog and I went, right, come here, Haggis. I said, right. I said, by the way, Dan, I said, Haggis is going to get two extra biscuits, right? Because Harry Kane missed the penalty, like, <laughs> right? How did that work? But and then I sent it, right? Yes. <laughs> and then I realised that I had made a mess. <laughs> so that's why. What you gave got it that. away? <laughs> That's why you got it's that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be Haggis getting two biscuits. Oh, God. Uh, Stevie, given that both Croatia and Morocco are semi-finalists, have we been too harsh on Belgium's group stage exit? If Lukaku hits one of his shots, Croatia will be eliminated. Lukaku! Lukaku. <laughs> I'm, I, I don't know whether you remember, Dan, but there was... There was Two or three of us weren't quite sure whether Belgium would get out of the group. We actually, I said it, I know Craig said it, that if they didn't make it out of the group, it wouldn't be a complete shock. Right. So So were you too harsh on them when they didn't make out of the group, given the quality and the runs that Croatia and Morocco have had? No. Right. No, not at all. No? No, no. Uh, Was it? Shaka, who's been the best goalkeeper? Bono, Ivakovic or Martinez? Um, I'm going to go for Livakovic. Um, I just feel he's he's been more tested. Um, Bono, I, I, I feel I feel Morocco have been have been the best of of, of the three defensively. Um, Livakovic has has come up outstandingly well when when needed, and. Uh, and, 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 and Martinez, again, I think he's made big saves, and, and I'm thinking back to, to late on in Australia especially, he's made big saves when needed, but Novakovic has, has, been, has, has had to do more for, for, for his country. So Stevie, can you describe... Mm, here we go. <laughs> can you describe your feelings when Lissandra Martinez was being exposed with the Netherlands highball into the box, given your own record as saying he's not been tested in the Premier League in that regard? No, well, I'm not, no, I'm not going to jump on that. Look, Vekhorst is six foot six. Six foot six. So, had Martinez been six foot two, he might not have won the header anyway, right? So I'm not going to have a go at him for not winning the header. Oh, there we go. I am going to have a go at him, however, for not being closer to Vekhorst. Because when you go, when you're in a situation like that, that it's not... Defending is not always about winning the header or winning the challenge. If you can't, obviously that's that's the aim. If you can do that, then 100%, that's brilliant. But sometimes you can't do that. Right. So then what you have to do is you have to make sure that you, at the very least, influence the guy on the ball. So if you're closer to Veghorst, you can give him a little nudge or just do something to put him off so that he can get it on target. That's my problem with Martinez. Not Martinez. Martinez, I beg your pardon. I keep saying that. I that's do it. beg your pardon. That's, that's, right, that's right. So that it's, it's not because of the size of their cost. The job is not about winning the header, it's about affecting what the guy winning the header does. And he didn't do that. Uh, final tweet, one of millions to you, Shaka, on this subject. 
How does it feel that you're two games away from changing your GOAT list? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> I am, uh, at this point, unmoved. Probably the best way to describe my uh, my feelings. You seem tired, Shaq. Did you get on the wrong bus getting here as well? You must have bossed that to walk. I had a really good day of sleep, actually. Today was good. Oh, Steve. Was, I, I slept a lot. So. See, I was thinking that when he missed the bus, that he wouldn't have realized until the bus got to the end of the line because... Knowing Shaka like we do, he would have asleep. Yes, he would have fallen asleep very quickly. Yeah. Of everybody you know, is there anybody you know that that would sleep better than him? Oh, no. No, Shaka is automatic. What time did you wake up today, Shaq? Can you beat Stevie's 11.30? Yes, I can. I I woke up, because we've been keeping these strange hours, um, I woke up probably about 8... But then went back to bed about 10, woke up around 1, <laughs> had some lunch, and had another little sleep. Wow. So it's, it's been a... That's a three-nap day. <laughs> wow. Wow. they rarely yes. seen the triple nap. To be wow. fair, to be fair, it, it's, it's a, to be fair, it was one nap. And two sleeps. <laughs> it was Shaka. two of them were not naps. Oh. Shaka, when you, Shaka, when you were playing, were you one of the guys? Because everybody had them. There was always two or three guys who, whether they got on the bus, a plane, a truck, whatever, within ten seconds they're, they're sleeping. Yeah. Were you one of those guys, Shaka? Not not the bus so much, <laughs> but planes. Yeah, I had. I, and I still do. I fall asleep before they even finish boarding. Oh, I'm yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Well, how lucky. I do that. Still like get really angry with me. Oh. Yeah. For many reasons, that's one of them. <laughs> yeah, we had, a, we had a few used to do that. Oh. <laughs> so annoying. <laughs> I'm surprised you can't just sleep anywhere. Look at oh, you. Oh, no. No? No. No? No. I've got a few beers for oh, oh, no. And there it is. Oh, the key. Uh, well, happy birthday, Stephen. Yeah. Hold yeah. on, oh, Dan. Hold on, Dan. Oh. What, what, what do you mean, I'm surprised you can't point to this TV? I'm surprised you can't sleep anywhere. Look at you. Well, how, how's poor Stephen supposed <laughs> to do that? Look at me? Well, well, because you just you love your sleep. So I just imagine that you could just sleep anywhere. Yeah, no, no. No, no. once I go, I can stay there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, hey, stop going to stir it out there, Qatar, yeah. man. Get on the right track. Yeah. Go on to your fourth nap. Yeah, I'm look just, at this. Yeah. I'm just... I'm, I'm just interested in Steve's well-being. There you go. Yeah, Thank you, Shaka. Sure. I don't know why they've given you all these black and white pictures as if there was well, no colour back in the day. Is that see something? Well, 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 well. Uh, look at that. Player of the year. Look at him. What's that, 89, 88? 89. Look wow. at him. Beautiful. I mean, what a stud. Yeah. Oh, I can't even get above a walk now. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> OK, these photos seem to be depressing him. Let's yeah. just remind you. The ESPN. NFC is back on your screens tomorrow. Steve will be here in No cake for Steve? Uh, no, no. Oh. We only realised five minutes before the show starts. Oh, OK. Oh, that's that's right. preparation. It's kind of like Shaka's that's preparation. <laughs> I, I know me Steve, you did too. <laughs> you don't even like cake, though, do you? Oh, who said I don't like cake? <laughs> you have the laugh. Good old sponge cake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A bit of cream. <laughs>